0: All right, happy Tuesday. It's the fan morning show. SportsNet59, the fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. Lots to get to today, including the Toronto Maple Leafs losing 4-3 in overtime to the Ottawa Senators. No! 0-2. No! Oh and two. Well, sorry. 0-1-1 in Thank preseason you. action. Giving their respect. Okay. And they did tie it up in the dying seconds.
1: Gutsy effort. <laughs> Mitchie Marner, baby. John Klingberg. Big point mm. shot setting up Mitch Marner with the tying goal. Got to be honest, was way more excited. I sent a couple of texts about the cross checks he threw in the back on the very first shift he had. And I <laughs> loved, loved that. So already coming around on John Klingberg.
0: You know what I didn't love Um, was more hauling oats. Mm. Okay. So uh, podcast people, I, I guess you're not hearing LCD sound systems. Daft Punk is playing at my house, mm-hmm. but, but we're playing that for the radio folks because that would be my submission for hmm. the next Toronto Maple Leafs goal call. Um, I, I don't know how many uh, goal song thoughts you have, Brent, mm-hmm. but let's start here. Like, do you think the fact that we heard Hall and Oates yesterday in the first instance of a Toronto Maple Leafs goal while well, it, it is a preseason mm-hmm. goal... Does that indicate to you that the goal song will not be changed this season?
1: I don't think it is a 1,000% definitive that that means. Because I feel like we had the exact same conversations last year, and then there was, as the preseason wrapped up, yeah, but maybe Mm. for the regular season... (laughs) I don't think it definitively means one way or another, although we have again, had this conversation in I feel like at least the last two preseasons of come on, shake it up, change it up. And uh, they have they have not uh, they have not changed their ways in any way, shape, or form. Um, should they? I I am the, I think, only person who is not irked by the Hall & Oates school song. I,
0: I think it's a great song, honestly. Yeah. Like, I, I, just and, baggage? On, and, and hearing it yesterday,
1: it had been so long mm. since I'd seen Toronto
0: Maple Leafs Welcome hockey back, and, and heard the song. I did throw it up on, on YouTube and yeah. listen to a little Hall Because yeah. it's a great song. It is a great song. Now, by the time we get to March, mm-hmm. like, are you sick of it? So, yes. And does mm. it harken back to some... As, as Justin Bourne mentioned uh on the intermission panel yeah. like some pretty heartbreaking losses over the recent uh history of this 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 franchise yeah and for that reason I I think it's time to move on like nothing against the song okay. and nothing against the song as a goal song because yeah. I do think it's good a great song pretty I mean Chelsea dagger is the all-time greatest of course you can't outdo that no. I, I think I did a pretty good job with LCD sound system. it's, pretty good. it's a it's a good like it's it's just the it's drop kick, is, yep. is is good.
1: Yeah, I think I actually think they were going for the like and the reason Chelsea dagger is the best one the Blackhawks goal song during mm-hmm. that that run is partially because we all remember it torturing Roberto DeLongo. And not that it's not a sweet song. It's a, it's a good song, but the fact that they hammered it home by scoring five, six, (laughs) seven goals in big playoff games that we all watch. Guess how we'd feel, right? Guess how we'd feel about you make my dreams. If the Leafs ever, ever just once in their life, decide to put up a seven spot in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't matter how many seasons in the wilderness, the, Blackhawks have Mm -hmm. like that they'll it'll still be associated with some transcendent dynastic Blackhawks teams so you can and yeah so you're allowed to keep that you are you are why would you keep the song if if you're the Maple Leafs I'm not
1: I'm not saying to I'm not saying to keep it I'm I'm at this point honestly change it because I'm tired of the complaining Mm -hmm. and I think that there is you know this like a this is a way bigger picture thought than a goal song deserves but if you're going to be a team that is making a change. And yeah. you did make a big one this offseason. I know things maybe you think you're heading in a similar direction maybe that they would have, but they made a change in Kyle Dubas no longer being here. And this is the time where you have to take ever whatever it was in the organization that's not going right. You don't like the flavor of Coke in the Coke machine. Whatever it is, ah, Kyle Dubas' fault. The guy can't order syrup to save his life. Anything you don't like, you go pin on that guy and you pin it on him yep. now. And that is why I don't like that they're not just going ahead and changing it again that's like way too big a picture no, of a thought not. for the
0: goal song no it's not it's it's exactly the correct take that you should have on the goal song because <laughs> you need to make a clean break here and yes. if, if it wasn't such a historic franchise i'd say change the name change oh, the jersey whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no i mean the the, the devil Rays did this and they right they did I mean, it was a little bit different. That was a team that couldn't get out of it, uh, the it basement. Had, of, it had Devil yeah. in the name also, <laughs> but made a clean break and changed the name to Rays. And all of a sudden, yeah, all that baggage, yeah. all the Lou Pinella, all the horrible teams of the early days of that franchise forgotten. Uh, yeah, anything you can do to separate yourself from the teams of uh, of the last seven years, despite all the regular mm-hmm. season success, I think you should do that,
1: including changing the goal. Well, and the last part of this is that the players hate it. Do they, I, there is nice about it as possible, but mm. every year this becomes a thing. They're going to go down to practice. Those guys are going to all get asked about it today. Cause we're all doing the story and they're yeah. going to be really diplomatic yeah. about, Oh, I'd be, I'd be okay with something else. Mm. If you wanted to mix it, if you, <laughs> yeah, that, that is change the damn song is what that is a uh, player speak for.
0: All right. We'll come back around to uh Leafs preseason takeaways uh, in, in a little bit, but, Today's a big day in Blue Jays land because they start their final homestand of the season. Final six games of the season against the New York Yankees. So out of town scoreboard watching yesterday was pretty kind Mm -hmm. to the Blue Jays. Um, Astros Mariners, there was a pretty clear case for the Astros taking care of business, and they did. They beat the Mariners 5-1. Actually, fans booing the Mariners off the field at points as Luis Castillo gets blasted for five runs over six innings pitch. That is the weirdest team
1: in yes. Major League. You want, you want to talk yeah, about the George Blue Jays? Kirby crying the oh. other day because he got left in. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but, n- I mean. This- I mean he, may, he may not have actually shown. Nah, yeah, it's close. Yeah, he, he was. Let me tell you something. That crybaby was thinking about it. He sure was.
0: Um, but he's been part of the reason why the Mariners have the third best ERA mm-hmm. in all of Major Great League arms. Baseball. Um, behind only the Brewers and then the Blue Jays, number one in all of Major League Baseball. After the All-Star break. They went ham, and did I have numerous conversations about how Julio Rodriguez was doing the thing that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was unable to do, mm-hmm. go on this insane yeah. hot streak, a couple of eight-game winning streaks, which they have, they've had two eight-game <laughs> winning streaks since the All-Star break. <laughs> they have also swept the Astros in Houston, <laughs> but they're coming off being swept yep. by the Rangers. This is now four straight losses to <sighs> AL West foes, so here's the situation for the Blue Jays. They are now... Uh, two, or sorry, three games up on Seattle, and Seattle's the, the first game out of the uh, wild card picture. Everybody else is eliminated, by yeah. the way. Yankees eliminated going into uh, this three game series at Rogers Center. Houston, a game and a half back of the Blue Jays. Of course, the Jays have the tiebreaker over Houston. So, by my calculations, the Blue Jays need to win. I mean, w- we know they're guaranteed to be into the playoffs with 90 wins. Mm-hmm. To me, that's, yeah, their, their magic number is three.
1: Yeah, you uh, you were laying out that math to me, and I'll be honest, I was uh, I was seventy seven percent following along because uh, I was told there'd be no math in this job, and you're pretty smart, so you can handle that. With the, with the two of us here, it is right there in front of you. Go take care of business. The team, we, it is it is the thing we I have said about this playoff race the whole time is that. You do not need to go on some Seattle Mariners-esque run to do this. You just need to keep your head above water because of what all these other teams are doing. And look at what's in front of you. I know it's King tonight, and that's not going to be easy. It's probably going to be very, very tough, in, in, in fact. But you just need to scratch out three wins you have 500 the rest of the way and you're a playoff team. Well, and against
0: again a Yankees team that has been uh, officially eliminated. Mm-hmm. The the Rays by
1: the time Their they face them. They're freak prospect. Or sorry, Martian freak Yeah, he's prospect. a Martian. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's he's already
0: dead. had yeah. uh, UCL surgery. So he's he's not going to return until the middle of of next season. Uh the Rays are probably going to be locked into that top wild card spot by the time the Blue Jays face them over the weekend. That being said, it is baseball. Anything can happen. But you also mentioned Michael King tonight getting the start against Kevin Gossman. Maybe Kevin Gossman's last regular season start because he's, he's he's slated to start game 162 if there is a necessary victory for for the Blue Jays in that game. Else, uh, Otherwise, they will obviously hold him back for game one of the wildcard series. Last time Blue Jays saw Michael King, uh, he looked pretty damn good. His best career outing as he's been transitioned to a starter for the New York Yankees. And and one of the biggest reasons why Yankees fans are bullish about next season, um, Aaron judge, maybe not getting hurt a uh, full season of, of Garrett Cole doing Garrett Cole things and Michael King turning into a legit starter. He went seven innings, 13 strikeouts given up just one run to the blue Jays. But I don't know. I don't know if you saw this, this caught my eye, Aaron judge after the Yankees were officially eliminated during that series yeah. to the Diamondbacks said a lot of stuff going on around here. That needs to be fixed. Mm. So it could be an interesting uh, series as far as uh,
1: some behind-the-scenes drama in Yankee Land going into maybe, uh, first maybe, of three. Maybe Aaron Judge is going to go full NBA player on us. Saying, I don't like it here. I do not want it. They got to fix this. Now, obviously not. Obviously wants to be a Yankee. But, uh, yeah, maybe you would have uh, you know used the power you had in the organization to improve. Make them make those changes heading into the year where you know you were a free agent and could have picked your ticket kind of anywhere. So yeah, yeah, it's weird. Like that like, is kind that's of that's a conversation for last winter when you're angry, not now when you're eliminated. And, and, and
0: when you have a quote like that, it leaves a lot to interpretation, right? Like literally
1: anything anybody wants, they could take out of that,
0: right? Um And he was asked to expand. He's like, no, that's for like behind. <laughs> I mean, it's for us to know, but behind the scenes in this clubhouse, which is not like, hey, our players aren't good enough. That's like there's something else that's not. Yeah necessarily the players i think it would be an absolute shock if aaron boone returned to this yankees team next season which is a shame because it's
1: such a shame I,
0: I, he's very demonstrative. Yes. And he just continues to get ejected, which I actually think is a legit tool that managers can use. Yes, of course. It hasn't necessarily worked for him, I will say, because this is his third straight season leading the American <laughs> League in ejections. I shouldn't say that. He was ejected nine times last year. They won over 100 games. Yeah. They made the playoffs. Yeah. They made the American League so Championship Series. So just because it didn't work this
1: year, does, <laughs> he was doing his best, okay? <laughs> he's getting tossed as much as he possibly could.
0: Yeah, uh, but I think he's going to be tossed overboard, and obviously they, yeah, need, they to need to Yeah, they need a blood
1: sacrifice. They got him. Going to be the offense, yeah. yeah, yeah. They they absolutely have to. It is. I mean, we've we've seen this with the Yankees. We've seen this in the AL East a million times. They they will stay down. That will sometimes stay dormant a touch longer mm-hmm. than you would think. But it's never ever going to be forever. And if you have a guy like Judge squawking to make a noise about it, uh, that probably. Creates a little urgency this offseason.
0: I would say, here are the things, I I, or, like, one of the things that I need to see from this Blue Jays team before the end of the season, outside of, like, three wins. Okay. And, by (laughs) the way... That's important. We were just talking about this before the show, that, yeah, if they run the slate six straight wins to wrap up the season 93 or wins? 5 or 6 <laughs> well i mean 5 of 6 would get you to 92 wins which would be the same as a season ago 93 would actually be linear progress 91 mm. 92 93 i just like i
1: just like i'm a big omen guy mm. so oh, i, I just like 92 or so 93 so what happens? they won 92 last year and then you know suffered their most Hold humiliating hey, postseason hey, defeat hey, in franchise hey. history just cuz there is a good <laughs> omen doesn't mean it will pay off <laughs> okay, okay? Yeah. i have you don't want to know the Things I have told myself heading into uh, Leafs Game Sevens of, and and I'm the most pessimistic negative person ever. So mm-hmm. if I can try to find light in it, uh, you should all too get to ninety. Get again, just please God find a way. Three wins. It is not that tough a task, but I'd love ninety two or ninety three for omen's sake.
0: Yeah, they could probably get in. I mean, the, the likelihood that they. They get in is very high, as we talked about it yesterday, over ninety-seven percent. Um, so you probably don't even need three wins. Three wins guarantees your your route. But if you win six and you end up with more wins than you did a season ago, what a circuitous route it was to get there. But it's like it would be hard to look back on this season. I know
1: they Imagine weren't. Imagine going to yourself at the end of last season and saying, ah, hey, we're going to just crap on Vlad all year, except for like two weeks at the end of the season. But other than that, we're going to crap on him all year. Alvino is going to disappear off the face of the earth. George Springer is going to be old and have a lot of time where we talk about that, but Shett's going to miss all this time and going to win one more game.
0: Well, that's it. I mean, <laughs> imagine they they end up, and that's that would be quite a finish yes, to the of season course. but again a couple of teams with well Yankees factually have nothing to play for although it's baseball and and uh, and everybody's pride. going yeah and everybody's going to play Yankee pride Aaron Judge still wants to to boost those numbers um that's the thing about baseball the, there is no like real you know player tanking because everybody's playing for their individual oh, stats yeah. um and, and and the Rays too i'm i'm sure those guys don't want to go into a postseason series not playing a bunch of games, so they're going to play. But yeah, imagine after all the hand-wringing we've had over this team this season, and yeah, the expectations weren't just to make the playoffs, they were to win the division, it's to win a World Series, and ultimately this team will be judged on its postseason successes or failures. Yeah, it'd be very strange if at the end of things they ended up with more wins than they did uh, a season ago. What a strange, strange team. But here's one of the things I need to see. And, and and Ben Nicholson-Smith wrote about a, a couple of these things. And, yeah, you should go read him uh, because he's great at his job and it's a, it's a worthwhile article. And he's a nice man. He is. We'll see if the Blue Jays do activate him tonight. But Brandon Belt seems like he's on the verge of returning to this baseball team. I mentioned it to Kevin Barker yesterday when we had him on. Brandon Belt, last time he came off the IL, didn't look so great. Brandon Belt, at the beginning of the season... Didn't look so great. Mm, I like see this, where you're going. I, the, at times this season, Brandon Belt has been the Blue Jays' most important hitter. I think Brandon Belt is going to be in some key moments in the postseason. For sure. I don't know if you can afford to have Brandon Belt figuring it out for these six games, especially if, you know, we're, we're getting to the weekend and you haven't clinched yet. These are some yeah. pretty important early games for Brandon Belt. If, in fact, he is activated tonight, I think all indications are. That, that he will probably be activated and, and playing DH tonight for the Blue Jays.
1: Yeah, that is uh, that is a guy who has the potential in a lineup that we constantly talk about, just searching for, again, you're not searching for five or six bats going at any given time. The recipe for this team has been kind of proven that you just need a couple and the pitching is good enough that you can scratch by if he can find the form. Like you said, he was a massive bat for them, but how do you counteract like it is the it is such a tough question I'll throw it back at you how do you balance getting him right and having that bat there versus the crucial nature of these games. I mean, I, the, obviously the best case scenario is you go sweep the Yankees and then yeah. it's, not, it's a moot point and you can have the whole weekend to get yourself right. right. But, you know, just the way nature of sports goes, I don't yeah. know that that's how it's going to go. But,
0: <laughs> it's It hasn't been easy all season long. So, so yeah, why the, would it the, be? Yeah, now, yeah. Why, yeah, exactly. Right? Like the idea of the Blue Jays, you know, maybe lose the first two games of this Yankees series, not out of the realm of possibility either. No. Um, yeah, I... I, I that's a great point. That these like tonight is pretty important. Yeah, you really
1: do start. One, do you want do you, you know with King? That's probably the best pitcher you'll face in this Yankee series. Do you want him facing a better pitcher because that is a more you know this this is the whole argument of like what is getting right? Is it yeah. facing elite competition? Is it getting your timing? Is it just going through? The, you know, for for an older player like Belt, is it just going through the routine of being mm-hmm. an everyday ball player, all that stuff? Well, he, he's got Garrett Cole tomorrow,
0: too. So oh, yeah. great. <laughs> so I, I think you get him a start in these first two games. Here's the thing. Even when he was horrible to start the season, at least he was putting forth um Competent some, at bats. Yeah, competent okay. was... a it, stretch, okay. I, I, yeah, I did have thoughts of, of how long you could continue to watch this guy who, you know, looked like he was at the end of his career at the end of last year before having surgery and then trying to resurrect himself on a one-year uh, deal. But then he turned it around and, uh, again, was like one of the most valuable Blue Jays yep. hitters for a long portion of the season. I had a legit you know, Twitter, not an argument because nobody encountered you know, me, but talking about who was more valuable, Brandon Belt or Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to this team midway through the season. That's the type of guy yeah. that he can be for this Blue Jays. And obviously with the postseason experience as well, like he feels very very important but yeah you can't afford to to let him flail away especially when there's other mm-hmm. options and i know man i i'm going to keep riding my david schneider horse uh into the ground here but like okay
1: what did quickly what did you make of the i'm sure you saw the thing yesterday of he has had the most mm-hmm. called strikes that were not strikes again yeah. like what do you make of that
0: well that's i mean that that really plays into the idea that he's taken advantage of the automated balls and strike right. system in the minor leagues and especially the high strike. You go back and, yeah, and, yeah. and look at a bunch of those called strikes that were missed, guess where they were? Yeah. Up, up in the zone. He's a little diminutive fellow. Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah. And that's that's where you attack him. And he's 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 done a good job since he's been in the major leagues is of turning on some of those high inside fastballs. Mm-hmm. But yeah it sure helps when you know the umpire is going to get it right. And if he's not, you're yeah. gonna challenge and the robots are going to get it right. So I, I think you know what? You know it would be great if, like, the Blue Jays also took note of that and then and talked to Major League Baseball and made it a point of emphasis going into the series that, hey, this is – That would be great. That, <laughs> I don't know if you can do that. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm still bullish on David Schneider. So, the, I, the point I, here's being
1: – Sorry, go ahead.
0: The point being that there's other options outside of Brandon Belt if he doesn't look great yep. and you need victory. So, they, they, it's, it's imperative for him, if he's in the lineup, to look like he has a chance tonight.
1: I was just going to say um, – What would the guy – on the other side of, uh, of not the other side of the dugout, but in the opposite dugout do if he felt like, what would Aaron Boone do if he felt like David Schneider was getting squit? Like, there would be loud comments and complaints he, you every know what he single would, day.
0: You know what he would do if, like, Aaron Judge, <laughs> eight-foot-tall Aaron Judge, wasn't getting the correct yes. low strike call? He would get ejected seven times, yes. which is, I, I go through the ejections over the course of Aaron Boone's career. I feel like more than 50% of them are because Aaron Judge is not getting right. the strike zone called correctly Detect because he's, stars. he's a freak show. Yep. He's very tall, and and umpires don't understand that. Yeah, actually, the the strike zone it, it goes up when a guy yeah. is like six foot nine, and it
1: goes down when he's however David Schneider
0: exactly. Let's let robots do this stuff. All right, um, but the guy could be there still, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess. Like, uh, sure. I mean, it's not I my money. A, I you need. Can,
1: a, I need a guy
0: going whoo. Hey! Yeah, it's not bad, and yeah, some media that was good. Yeah, that was not bad actually. Yeah, you know what?
1: Presence back there. Get a stage actor. I don't care.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say let fans do it. Oh, (laughs) there's always a handful of them (laughs) dressed up on any given day. It's true. Uh, All right, uh, we're gonna talk to Michael Grange later on the program. This is like it's building to a boil here. This Raptors stuff with Dame Lillard. Mm. This is this is exciting. Um, Media day for the Raptors, is on Monday, media day, for the Portland Trailblazers. Also on Monday, uh, so yesterday, ESPN's Mark Spears was the latest to, to pile on to the Raptors' Damian Lillard
2: rumors. Well, as I said earlier, two GMs said that uh, their prediction today is that Damian Lillard ends up with the Toronto Raptors. There really isn't anything imminent at this point, but there has been a lot of conversations, and, and the Raptors are seriously interested. So I, I do know that uh, the expectation is probably that OG and a newbie would be included in such a deal. But I think the guy that the Blazers actually favor the most is the rookie Grady Dick. The thing that's also confusing is, will Damon Lillard be happy about going there? Obviously, all the talk is that he wants to go to Miami But Masai Ujiri is not one that's shy of making, you know, trying to uh, take a chance. He did that Kawhi Leonard and won a championship. And I think he's not scared and he has the power to do it in Toronto to try to get Dame there. Uh, You know, you you got uh, Toronto as a pretty cool city and got Drake in his here. He's a fellow Raptor. I think they think that with the talent that they have, that Dame could end up liking it in Toronto. But... There are a long ways from getting that completed. Just keep an eye on it. And I also hear that it's from those same GMs that they don't expect Dame to end up being in Portland on media day on Monday. They think he'll be gone.
0: All right. So a couple things. One, congratulations. You live in a cool city. Thank you. <laughs> it's a cool city. So cool. Uh, and also, you know. Drake is, I, I understand he does have a role with that the team. Is so, that is Fellow Raptor. That fellow is so Raptor. Good.
1: <laughs> Fellow Raptor. They're just both on the team. Get that picture of Drake when he's in, like, the Kentucky team meeting in the full track suit. I need that in camp with Coach Darko. I yeah. need
0: it. <laughs> he's a fellow Raptor. <laughs> Drake, so, okay, uh, again, if you missed the show yesterday, <laughs> and uh, shame on you if you did. Fellow uh, Raptors. Uh, it's, just... it, it's It's not a move I would make. I don't think it's necessarily prudent for the Raptors to make, but here's, what I can also say, mm. watching the Damian Lillard Raptors yeah. in 2023-24 is a whole lot more fun than watching the Grady Dick, Dennis Schroeder, OG Ananobi, <laughs> Pascal Siakam, Jakob Bertle, Scotty Barnes. Like, I, I, those guys are fine. They, mm-hmm. they were, I mean, save for Grady Dick and Dennis Schroeder, they were good for 41 wins. And, you know, they also had Fred Van Vliet. Like, that's not as exciting <laughs> as whatever the hell they are with the Damian. time. Exactly. So I don't think it's a good idea to... Go slap a, a an aging superstar sure. onto a five hundred sure, team with sure. with limited depth, but it's it's always fun to be the center of the sporting universe, and and it feels like for the next couple of days until Dame Lillard moves, and you know that
1: could be before Monday. The Raptors are it. I uh, where my where my mind immediately goes on this is this feels like the last minute push to make Miami go trade for Damian Lillard. The reporting of the reporting of, Hey, everyone in the world, who talks about basketball for a living? Get in front of a mic and talk about how that shark Masai Ujiri is going to come in and steal Damian Lillard. Miami, it is now or never. Masai's going to steal him and take him to Canada. Like that is what this feels like. So I don't. Much like Mark Stein said, I think that's why those words were chosen. Nothing's imminent. If this happens, it'll happen by Monday. Well, Monday is kind of imminent. So that means to me that it almost feels like okay, Sunday night trade to the Raptors. If that is what it's it's. Or a Saturday trade to the Raptors or something. If that's what it's going to be,
0: yeah. So I I also had that thought. Whether that was the Raptors uh,
1: trying to bump I would up think the price, I would think that's Dame's agent saying, "Look, man, they're pushing, and Portland's not going to say no forever." Is what is how that came across it, to me. Yeah, it could
0: be. It could be Dame's agent. It could be the Raptors themselves enjoying this being in the wind. It's definitely that, that. That you know th- they're. Again, their conference rival would have to give up more to go get Dame Lillard. It could be the Blazers. I mean, it makes sense from a Blazers perspective that hey, yeah, like we'll send this guy to whoever the highest bidder is. Mm-hmm. And right now it's this Raptors team that has a whole bunch of assets. So if if you wanna if you wanna land this superstar, if you if you really do wanna, you know, have a Jimmy Butler, Dame Lillard led Miami Heat and and continue this potential limited run you better get your ducks in order because the Raptors are not to be trifled with. No. I, the other the other part of this that I'm a little curious about as well, and again, we'll talk to Michael Grange after 8 o'clock. So Giannis had these interesting quotes mm-hmm. in the New York Times, right? That, that hey, I, I'm not interested in re-signing and we'll see if the Bucs are truly committed to mm-hmm. winning. He's not a free agent until after next season. Yes. I don't know what this means for a potential Giannis pursuit necessarily and, and, and whether there is a world in which you can make the finances work where you have a Dame and Giannis tandem. And and by that point, you're talking about, yeah, a really aging superstar in in Dame Lillard. But I I, I wonder if there's some down the road thinking because, okay, I can't necessarily sell, sell myself on, on Dame Lillard and Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes being a championship contender. Mm -hmm. I think I might be able to, to, to squint and see Dame Lillard and Giannis and Tentacumpo being a duo that could lead you to a championship.
1: So I think the two things are connected, but I don't necessarily connect that to mean the two players would be Raptors together. I think this is more of Masai Not that I think he is, I don't think this is a guy going into a car dealership and just browsing. I want to kick some tires. I think he would very much be open and willing to trade for Damian Lillard. But I also think this is about keeping the Raptors, much to your point about the Raptors, the ones leaking this out, pushing Mm -hmm. this story out. It keeps the Raptors front of mind as a relevant franchise. They have to try to be that more than any team that isn't the Charlotte Hornets, basically. So even if you, you know, let's say, let's say, the whole plan is Giannis in 2024 or whatever year he's a free agent. If the whole plan is that, and you end up trading for Damian Lillard in the before times, okay, you got Damian Lillard and then you can use him as a, as a beacon to attract Giannis. And if, that doesn't happen. All you have done is prove that you're trying to find ways to win and trying to improve. And you have the culture of a winner and you don't want to be stuck in this mushy middle. Exactly what the box are being accused of by Giannis and his camp right now. So that is why I think just, being in the conversation is so important for this Raptors team if the goal is Giannis and I don't think it is the only goal I think the whole point of Masai the way he's gone about this is I have a road here I can take I have a road here some of the roads lead to trading for Jakob Pertle at the deadline <laughs> and I want to be clear I hate that road but it's a road he decided to take but he wants to have a lot of paths available to him and that's why I think that this, it's really important for them to be seen as in on this no that's a great point like
0: I can talk about how the Raptors don't feel ready-made to win a championship, but what they do feel ready-made to do if they acquire Dame Lillard is win a round or two in the postseason and be relevant and be a top-four team in the Eastern Conference. And to your point, be on the radar for Giannis, because I understand there's a relationship between Giannis and Masai Ujiri, and and that was the reason why we are putting two and two together first time around when it came to his free agency with Milwaukee. But yeah, he's not going to join a franchise that has no chance of winning a championship. Like he'll be in his 30s by the time he reaches free agency, and if he does see a Raptors team that is, you know, not quite championship caliber, which is what we're talking about this Raptors team being with Damian Lillard, maybe that maybe that is a, a, a leap he can make mentally that yeah. yeah that that's now a championship contender. Although like Giannis joining any even a 500 team, like yes. if we're talking. If
1: you just bide your time and it's Scotty Barnes and Grady Dick and he signs here, yeah, of course that's a better team. Of course,
0: no, but even even if the 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 shoes on the other foot, that it's instead of Dame Lillard being disgruntled and wanting out of Portland, like say it is Giannis, like hey, not only am I waiting to to see if we're competing, like I, I'm not waiting. Get me out of here right freaking now. Yeah. And we're talking about what you what the Raptors would be in twenty three twenty four. With Giannis, it's, yeah. that, that is a guy that's, you know, done some things in the postseason. And as Michael Grange rightly points out in his piece and something mm-hmm. we touched on yesterday, as great as Dame Lillard was in averaging over 30 points Man, a game. Defense, yeah. Uh, defense, but also like the fact that he's only won 50 games in a mm-hmm. season once and won m- more than one round in the <laughs> postseason once. Yeah, it, it's easier to sell yourself on the Giannis team being a championship contender than the guy who's never won a championship.
1: Yeah, I think the thing you... And, you know, it's all guessing game to a certain extent. But I think the thing you have to be mindful with that is I don't – and I know that he's leaking it to push it right now. If I might, I have a hard time seeing Giannis asking for a trade. I just – I don't – I see him – I see him sitting there and thinking the most noble way to do this is to just play it out and tell him I had a, I, I, you know, I had a great run and then go sign somewhere else. I understand, you know, the team could get things back for you. And it's the whole John Tavares conversation. We've had it a million times, about a million different athletes, but just knowing what we know about the person. And sometimes we're completely wrong on these things, but just everything you see from the outside, I don't, I see him making the noise to say, make this better, but I don't see him making the noise to say, I want out now. It could be, I'm going to leave if this doesn't get better, yeah. but not, I want out now.
0: Well, and maybe if that's the case, and you're the Bucks and you don't see a championship yeah. ceiling, you do end up recouping assets for yeah. him. But I, I would have said probably similar things about Dame Lillard, yeah. right? Like a guy that he kept saying, I would never do the yeah. Kevin Durant thing, I would never glom on to a championship team, like I'm building it organically here in Portland, and, and here he is asking for a trade to Despite the fact that he's got three more years in his deal yeah. beyond this one, yeah. all right, uh, Maple Leafs, as mentioned, sweet,
1: sweet Maple Leafs.
0: Uh, you know what? Not dissimilar to Austin Matthews' National Hockey League debut <laughs> against the Senators, <laughs> in which he scored four goals in the hockey game, but they lost in overtime.
1: And it was his fault. Easton Cowan, couple of cowboy. Points.
0: Uh the Maple Leaf's most recent first round pick, eighteen year old London Knight with a goal and assist and was stopped on a penalty shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a debut preseason game for for the youngster who's eighteen but looks twelve.
1: Yeah, looks twelve when you see his face doesn't play <laughs> like yeah, doesn't play like at. he's twelve. I mean it just you you see the goal he scores and look, it's preseason. I'm mm. not gonna try to equate on one thing play. or another on the power play. That's just an NHL goal. We see guys score that goal. All the time. That's not a fluky shock getting by a preseason goalie. That is just a good hard stick on the ice and a great goal scoring spot. If that's the type of player they've got, and I want to be super clear about this, they don't have him for this year. Sheldon Keith said he's going to hang around. It's going to be a great camp story. He's going to go be a London night this year. We all yeah. need to calm down about these things, but... The Leafs have had trouble kind of hitting on these guys. Look at all the guys that are taken, that have been taken in that 28 range. It's Rasmus Sandin, Lilligren a little higher. And, you know, I was higher on Sandin the most. But guess what? He never truly stuck. He never truly hit. And, you know, Easton Cowan, I just exclusively want to call him Cowboy. He has... Is he that has, actually his nickname? Yeah, that's what they call him. That's what the fellas call him. Cowboy. Mm-hmm. I I guess Cowan. I don't know. No, it makes sense. Boots? I don't know. But the... Having a guy like that come through and this isn't about he's going to be Matthew Nyes and it's another guy you can throw in the top six, but just a consistent middle six body is what this team needs. And you can get it on the back end if it's a blue line or two, but they just need those guys to start hitting and being not superstars, not transcendent players, but just useful, useful pieces.
0: Yeah. Um, It's just one game. He didn't save the puck either. He talked about, hey, we we didn't win win the hockey game. I mean, it's a preseason. Like, man.
1: (laughs) Hockey man. The Hunters have been schooling him on hockeydom in London.
0: I mean... I, I think it's a good argument to make that, hey, I'm not holding on to the puck because it's just a stupid preseason game. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to yeah. hold on to I like what you said because they lost. It's like, it's, who
1: cares? It's a, it's a hockey man. <laughs> it is exactly like Matthews. Matthews, yeah. after he scores the four goals, in they yeah. interview him. He goes, I didn't get my man on the back. Like, it's on me, guys. <laughs> hockey. Uh, all
0: right. So that, that's the good. Maybe not necessarily the bad. Uh, was Joseph Wall. Uh, was not The a, a, first goal, he had no chance. No. Um, and, you know, the screen and deflections yep. and yada, yada, yada. But allows three goals and 22 shots. It does open the door, at least, for the Joseph Wall conversation because Martin Jones also played in that mm-hmm. game. And, and both guys are yep. going to require waivers. And yep. pretty clearly you're going yeah. to lean to the guy who actually performed exceptionally well both in the AHL mm-hmm. and the National Hockey League, including the postseason, yep. who's much younger, who mm-hmm. could be the future of the fran- franchise, who's on a multi-year deal for under a million bucks. And Joseph Wall... And so this is not the conversation I want to have, but the conversation I am interested in having, cause I, I think Martin Jones is probably okay to clear waivers.
1: Although they, no, he's have, a leaf he, They do not, the league, the league, never, the they, league yeah, by and yeah, large does not them. believe in that. I understand. It is a deeply at the board of governors meeting. It's like, we have core values <laughs> yeah. here at the league. We respect all creeds and, and everything. And it's like, and then the 13th bullet point That's is, true. and at any given time claim a leaf off waivers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and the list is long of, like, the Curtis McElhinneys and so
1: they on and so forth. They signed a guy out of Finland, <laughs> and the Yotes stole him. <laughs> it's the Yotes. Not, it's, it, that was not very nice. And he uh, stunk.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think if you play things out according to Hoyle, Martin Jones is passing through waivers. Mm-hmm. He's sitting as your your third NHL caliber Would love it. goalie in the American League. And Joseph Wall is the backup with the potential to maybe mm-hmm. steal more starts than a traditional backup yep. from Ilya Samsonov. That being said, I like Joseph Wall. Mm-hmm. And he has a spectacular season. Mm-hmm. That was the first time he did that in professional hockey. And it wasn't a full season, right? Like this guy's been mm-hmm. beset by injury yep. and and has not... He doesn't have a long track record no. and doesn't have the pedigree of a, of a Samsonov. So like the idea that he is... One hundred percent bona fide mm-hmm. NHL caliber. Even as a backup, I, I can't sit here and say that that is one hundred percent correct. And you know, the the same must be said about Ilya Samsonov, despite the fact that he had a great season and looked great at times, and you know, got the Leafs through a first round series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. That I, I, I think Elliot Friedman put it well during the mm-hmm. broadcast yesterday. Like the 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 ceiling is is high, and Maple Leafs goaltending cool the floor is is pretty low. Like there's not a lot of
1: guarantee there, Annette? net no there's not I think I think I'm pretty comfortable in knowing what Samsonov's floor is but I feel differently about that when it was You know, I know what it became but the corpse of Matt Murray when that when that entity was here I felt right. a little better than uh, don't worry Joe Walls got this you do you're smart to point it out to me because I am so hey look at this a goalie played well for the Leafs we better be excited about it but I would never believe in any other goalie having one good season and going through it. And so you're smart to point that out. I just pulled up his numbers looking at it. All of here's all the years before Mm. last year. 880, 892 yeah. with the Marlies. And then, you know, he did have a 911 the year after that and then the 932 with the but Leafs how last many, year. How many starts though? Uh, those were four and seven. Yeah, respectively. right. Exactly. Like, what are we talking about? No, and then, you know, 907 in 15 games in the AHL two years ago. And then, of course, the 927 is what mm-hmm. we're all looking at. And that's in 21 games. But even that, not a huge, huge sample size. So I think you're fair to point that out. It is a question mark. I think that given what you saw out of Wall, it was his good. I won't say as good a bet to make as any, but as good a bet to make in that financial realm as you were possibly going to do and bringing in Martin Jones was smart for, for that reason as well. Although I, you know, I borderline bet my house that he wouldn't be here when waivers is is done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I know I just mean here is in like, someone's claiming them.
0: Yeah. Someone's claiming again, recent history would suggest that. I, and I think if, Maple Leafs had their druthers, and, and things went absolutely perfectly, although I don't know who would the, the backup would be, that, yeah, Joseph Wall did emerge as the starter yes, so. this year, and you have him as a starting goalie for under a million bucks next year, Amazing. and you can wave goodbye to Samsonov as an unrestricted free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? There's, there's a lot to play out in goal, and you're just thinking about one season at a time. I, I still feel pretty good with the Samsonov-Wall uh, tandem here. but I do, too. I think that The Sam- possibility exists that it doesn't work out.
1: We... I think we sometimes, and I don't know, like maybe this is other markets, maybe other people do the exact same thing with their teams. We get so bogged down in the idea that a player, you know, and the Blue Jays this year should have taught us this, that how we think of a player isn't how they'll always perform. Like Ilya Samsonov is going to have his good months and he's going to have his rougher months, and we cannot go into, ah, this guy's no good, this guy stinks, get him out of here. It is a roller coaster ride with most NHL goaltenders, and we just, we have it in our minds of, ah, Shesterkin, Sorokin. Yeah. He's Russian, too. Why can't, well, it doesn't work <laughs> that way, okay?
0: Yeah, it's a great, great point. All right, uh, we were wrong. Joe Burrow is tough, I guess, and, <sighs> and, and, and played in the football game. I'm so game. dumb. Yeah, okay, we'll talk about your dumbness next. The Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.
1: Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Fan morning show, Sportsnet 5.9, the fan Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. Again, uh, Leafs potentially with a, a new goal song, although we didn't hear it yesterday. We mm-hmm. heard hollow notes. Mm-hmm. I would suggest that this is not a bad one. Tame Paula, Let It Happen. Not a fan, gotta say. Mm. A little somber. Yeah, I wondered about that. Yeah. I also wonder... So, like, I, I, I was like, is there, so, is there a tragically hip song with, like, a good hook in there? I know we started the show yesterday with New Orleans yeah. Sinking. Also, like, you gotta be careful of, like, the lyrics, too. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, something about yeah. something sinking yeah. uh, during a Toronto Maple Leafs game. Is, yeah, you
1: don't want that. No, I, you definitely don't want that. I,
0: yeah, it, it would make sense to have an iconic Canadian band be the author of this this goal song, but I don't know how Why? recognizable you want the song to
1: be well, as well. Here, maybe this is just way too much to ask. But and you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to sound a thousand because uh, the kids don't like this guy anymore. But like, is is major pop star Justin Bieber not best friends with I, half I the know. team? Yeah, what? Could you, he cook something up? Like, write one. I don't mean, like, I mean, look, I know that, like, I'm not, I'm not going to get into what he does and doesn't do, but like, yeah, get his producers together, whatever goes on in that what world. He does and, then, and doesn't do. I don't do know. This guy writes his, writes his songs. He's not the monkeys, I don't know. He writes his songs. Okay, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm saying I don't know is all I'm saying. Okay. But. That guy he's like a superstar. Maybe he, Maybe he doesn't. Yeah. Why are you sitting here <laughs> telling me he does? I do you're right. Yeah, don't don't Maybe. give him more credit than he yeah. potentially does Taylor or doesn't Swift. deserve.
0: Does write her songs. Again, I've seen the documentary. She's slaves over those okay. lyrics,
1: okay? Oh, uh, I don't I cannot confirm or deny whether the Beebs is doing that, but why can't he just make a a banger for the Leafs goal song? Why yeah, can't that, makes that sense. happen? Yeah, I, I think that makes some yeah. people happy. And, and then you've got also, the
0: Canadian artist too.
1: And I will also say, um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say it again, and it's a free idea. Maple Leafs game ops. You can go and have it if you're gonna keep "Hollow Notes" as the goal song. Uh, that song is also used during the wonderful montage in Step Brothers when uh, uh, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley become best friends, mm. and how they have not photoshopped mm-hmm. Marner and Matthews or I don't know have a million different versions whoever scored and assisted on the goal oh. be playing on the jumbotron oh. as that's like a going deep fake yeah. yeah deep fake yeah you're telling me at MLSC <laughs> they don't have the technology they got it okay Buddy, I have the technology yeah exactly to do so if the goal song is gonna stay I need that piece of propaganda pumped into Scotiabank arena please 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 That nah, it sounds been- kind of annoying no god no
0: it's great <laughs> all right um, all right uh, Monday Night Football we don't have a doubleheader next week, do we? Like this is it? Do we get a break no, from this? I, I feel like although it I it kind of like worked was out another one. It worked out yesterday because I, I think at yeah you know, about you know the the second quarter <laughs> the
1: leafy time.
0: Well, yeah that well you could you could get a sense that the Eagles were taking care of business. Oh, yes, they were uh, over the Buccaneers and Jalen Hurts with a spectacular touchdown pass in that football game. It's and, very nice. Yeah, there we're down to what three undefeated teams this season? Um,
1: Seahawks Giants are lone Monday nighter. <makes> Next yeah, week. that's
0: not ideal. No. Uh, so the second game, uh, starting an hour later than Eagles-Buccaneers, was that Bengals-Rams game that we talked about in the Wake and Rake yesterday, talking about how it, it seemed like life and death for Joe Burrow, not only to start in that football game, but like might be headed for the IR where he misses four games. Nope. He, he starts in the football game. Didn't look at his absolute best. Oh, but no, no, no. Did more, well, not more than enough. Did enough to lead the Bengals <laughs> to just, their first win of the Just enough. And, and they're one and two, uh, same start uh, as a season ago. After an zero and two start. In fact, last year they were they were uh, four and four before taking off and ending up in an AFC Championship game. So. A crisis averted, I guess, for the Bengals. Like, do we feel better about that team? Obviously, we feel better than them being 0-3, but I, I think there's still major question marks with the offense.
1: There's still a ton of question marks there. That was a save your season game, though. That that game allows them to go on and literally live to fight another day. They go to 0-3, it's over. And not to say that they wouldn't have moments where they would feel back in it, but it is just such a tough hole to dig themselves out of in that division I- as well. That was a that was just a put on the cape. I'm Superman. I am the guy, exactly as you talk about me, I, Joe Burrow, yes, I am in that class, that Patrick Mahomes, whoever else you want to put in their class, and honestly, I just feel like an idiot doubting him. I guess part of the doubt was that he wasn't going to play, but once I saw he was in, then you know I should have thought differently about the game, because you know not to take anything away from Matthew Stafford the guys a super bowl winner he's a capable quarterback but if i'm just looking at it of two teams with question marks on them and let's not let's not paper over the rams and their question marks as well that i'm going to i'm going to take joe burrow and i just feel like an idiot for doubting him quite honestly
0: yeah and it's especially when you hear the argument that he makes right like hey was it a risk of re-injury sure but you know what's a bigger risk uh, going 0-3, Love and it. the season God, being over. So cool. Because that's 100% true. Like, it, it, hindsight being twenty twenty, the Bengals obviously should have not played Joe Burrow in game one. Yes. And if he needed more time after game one, not playing him in game two, because they went 0-2 anyways, yep. but yeah.
1: <laughs> couldn't go worse.
0: <laughs> I mean, who knew that that was, that was going to be the case for this football? But once you go 0-2, you're like, Joe Burrow's right. Like, okay, I rest, and I miss four games. The season's over. The season's over. over. Like, yeah. who cares? Like, e- e- even if I re-injure it, Whatever, I've got a whole off season to recuperate. Yep. Uh, you know, there will be a bye week at some <laughs> at some right. point, and maybe I won't re-injure it. Okay, so I pose this to you, mm-hmm. Brent, because to me, there's there's clearly six teams in the NFL that stand above everybody else, and maybe you disagree with this. I think okay. there's three in the AFC. I think there's three in the NFC. Okay. I, I think the Chiefs, mm-hmm. d- despite losing to the Lions Week One, are back to doing Chiefsy stuff. And mm-hmm. I know the Bears stink to, to high heaven. Obviously, you got to put the Dolphins in the, this upper echelon. Yep. After scoring 70 points, and the Bills, after a disappointing loss uh, in division in Week One to a Jets team that I guess was running on adrenaline, and yes. also uh, Josh Allen had a, a horrible game. Still, I think very much mm-hmm. in the conversation totally. in the. So those are my three AFC yep, teams. I and, agree with that. In the NFC, you got the Eagles, who of course are in the Super Bowl and are undefeated, and the Niners look spectacular. And I get like I I know. The, the the Arizona game has thrown us off the center. The Cowboys, you can, the Cowboys would be the team that I might leave off of this and okay. say that there's five. But so I got those teams, Bills, Chiefs, Dolphins, Eagles, Niners, Cowboys. If I said, Brent, you got to take one of those teams or the field to win the Super Bowl. Who? How do you feel? So now, again, the, the field would include the team that was just most recently in an AFC championship yep. game against those Chiefs that yep. is like their great rival and whose quarterback has obviously been beset by injury through these first three games and had a similar start last year, the Bengals. The Steelers, who are a lot of people's, you know, sneaky little mm-hmm. uh, pick to, to to come out of the mm-hmm. AFC and have, you know, potential defensive yep. player of the year and TJ Watt, the Ravens. Uh, yeah, you got to uh, have like, a whole AFC North. Yeah, the Browns, you're right, with their defense. Chargers, Packers, Lions, Seahawks are in that group of, of the field. If I said take those top... Six teams or the field? Who are you taking?
1: I think the field. I think the field because I get the whole AFC North. I just feel like that is those, all of those teams, even the Browns, who we still are like, eh, they're kind of brown. They're, those are all battle tested. Warrior teams. And if you tell me those teams with and if the Steelers have a good year, we're gonna feel differently about Pickett than we do right now. And I'm not somebody who is super big on, on the hype for them, but if they are some if they're a playoff team, we're gonna feel differently about him then. You know, Deshaun Watson, I think we're gonna have a lot of fluctuations with all year long, but he's gonna prove uh talented enough. I, I just said everything about Burrow. I get Lamar Jackson in yeah. there in there as well. That's why I like the feel. But I think you have those those first teams right. The one thing I will say, Cowboys. I'm with you in that I just I cannot put Dak Prescott in the this team will win the Super Bowl camp. Yeah. That's why I quibble with them. And then the Dolphins, I I'm not pouring cold water. I'm just really curious to see that game this weekend because yeah, they beat the wheels off a terrible team. Yeah. They also barely beat the Patriots the week before, who are capable, but not a earth shatteringly good team like they beat them by a touchdown and sometimes some of that score effect but that's the thing i'm curious to see like what the bears or sorry what the dolphins did this this weekend versus two weekends ago very very different and what the bills challenge will present is different as well so
0: well and and obviously injuries are a huge part of any discussion about any football team but it's it's never more prevalent than with tua right who had a similar start offensively last year that's a big part of it as well yeah
1: right so i mean if you're yeah And, and what about okay so it's your question what are you doing
0: I'm taking those five or six teams because, you know... Why Patrick Mahomes is in there? Like, how, how do you ah?
1: God, I had this well laid out argument, dude, and then you just said the Patrick Mahomes yeah, thing. Yeah,
0: and and while that offense hasn't
1: clicked, I just did the. <laughs> how could you bet against Joe Burrow and I'm sitting here going, I don't want Tua, I don't want Josh Allen, yeah. I don't want Patrick Mahomes.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I I get it. Like, okay, maybe the offense doesn't look <laughs> at its absolute best. The defense looks otherworldly. It really does look. And good. now Chris Jones back in. Yep. In there, yeah. With like the weirdest holdout. Though, of all- Time the worst holdout, yeah. I think, is what you mean. Uh, and, and Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes, no, I, I honestly, if you just gave me, hey, the Chiefs or the field, I, I think that's more, that's closer to a fifty-fifty proposition. I, I, it's just, it, it's, it's stupid just, to count them out. It's and I you know, know they're going to be in the AFC Championship game at the absolute least.
1: Oh, and I, I know it always feels inevitable like this, but if you just told me it's going to be Chiefs Eagles right now, I'd lock that in.
0: Yeah, and I mean it does feel like the AFC West is worse than ever. Yes, and Brandon Staley might might be God. fired before the end of the season. Yeah. Obviously, the Broncos are one of the I hope worst they teams let, in football. I
1: hope they and, let Justin Herbert fire him. I hope he gets to do it. And Josh McDaniel still is allowed to be head coach. It's really of, nice of the them. Football teams, really since. nice.
0: But yeah. this bud, Jimmy G. <laughs> All right, uh, when we come back. Blue Jays starting their final homestand of the regular season. What a weird season it's been for the Blue Jays overall, but never more than when they've been at home. Shai Davidi with some interesting numbers about the offensive environment under this new Rogers Center. We'll get into that next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.